0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So, if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.
1: Hello, New Beginnings. How are you tonight? Amen. Well, my name is Sean Highland. Uh, of course, I go to church here since 2010. I also serve as the State Coordinator for Christians United for Israel, the largest pro-Israel group in America, with at this point over 6 million members are a part of CUFI. And tonight you're going to hear why this organization is growing, or should I say why it's exploding right now across America, because so many Christians are waking up to their responsibility on why they should support the nation of Israel. We're going to have a very intense and informative evening tonight as I go through a very uh, e- educational PowerPoint presentation on why there's a promise in the Word of God for the people of Israel, why there's false propaganda in the world today trying to stop or deny their claim to the land of Israel, and why there's so much tainted past of anti-Semitism in our world that we're feeling it each and every day at universities, in the United Nations, around the globe, and Right here in America, we can go to our PowerPoint this evening. I want to start off real uh, quickly with a, a video about Kufi. And as you're watching this video, the ushers will continue to receive your offering this evening. And when I come back on, we're going to hit the ground running. Amen? Amen. Watch this video about Kufi real fast. God is on the move, and Kufi is impacting this nation like never before. And on your seat tonight, you have an Israel pledge card. I want to encourage you before we leave here this evening between now and 8 p.m. that you fill out this Israel pledge card, and later on the ushers will be able to receive this from you. This is your way of being a voice for Israel through Kufi. The B, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, he needs your voice in Washington, D.C. Okay, Israel needs your voice in Washington, D.C. Kufi needs your voice in Washington, D.C., and how do we contact you? It's through the Israel pledge card right here. You fill this out. It's not a fundraising campaign. It's emails, it's letters, it's updates on what's going on in the nation of Israel. And I believe tonight when you leave here, you're going to find out why it's so important that you stand for Israel. Real fast, so let's just cover what is on this pledge card. The first point is that we believe that the Jewish people have a right to live in their ancient land of Israel, that the modern state of Israel is the fulfillment of this historic right. What you see now on the screen are Jews praying at the Western Wall. To us, it seems common in 2019, but in 1948, when Israel became a nation once again in our modern time, Jerusalem was supposed to be an internationally controlled city. But instead, the nation of Jordan illegally occupied the city of Jerusalem, desecrated the Jewish graves, forced the Jews to leave the old city of Jerusalem, the Jewish quarter where they were living for 2,000 years, and banned them from praying at the Western Wall. There is no freedom of religion when other people control the city of Jerusalem. Thank God today when the Jewish government controls the city, there is freedom of religion for Jews, Christians, Muslims, and all faiths. So we believe they have a right to live in their ancient homeland. Number two on that Israel Pledge card is we maintain that there is no excuse for acts of terrorism against Israel and that Israel has the same right as every other nation to defend her citizens From such violent attacks. The person you see on the screen right now is Saeed Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah. Hezbollah is the largest terrorist organization in the world. It has the fifth largest firepower than any nation in the world. And they're not even a country, they're a terrorist group. And yet their firepower is rated fifth in the entire world. And they sit on the northern border of Israel with 150,000 rockets pointed at Israel every single moment of every single day, swearing that they will wipe Israel off the map. We will find out why tonight, why there's a conflict. It's not about politics. It's not about borders. It is about the word of God if they were to fire even 2,000 rockets at one time, this grand Israel's Iron Dome that you hear about so often, they would not be able to defend themselves against 2,000 rockets, let alone 150,000 rockets. Therefore, Israel will be forced to retaliate swiftly and overwhelmingly against her enemies. And that, my friend, we don't want to see happen. So many innocent lives will be lost because of the aggression of Hezbollah on their northern border. Third point on the Israel pledge card is we pledge to stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel and to speak out on their behalf whenever and wherever necessary until the attacks stop and they are finally living in peace and security with their neighbors. This is your pledge card here I'm reading. On the screen in front of you is Hamas, another terrorist organization living by the Mediterranean Sea, the southwest side of the land of Israel. In their founding documents Hamas has sworn that Israel will exist and it will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it just as it obliterated others before it. That is the founding documents of Hamas. Hamas is the government of the Gaza Strip. For many years, they were just a terrorist organization, but in 2006, Israel pulled out of the Gaza Strip, they had elections in the Gaza Strip, and the Palestinians living in Gaza elected Hamas to be their leader. In 2018, it has been called the year of the rocket in the Gaza Strip. This is why. Because in 2015, 21 rockets were fired into Israel from Gaza. 2015, uh, I mean 2016, 15 rockets were fired from Gaza into Israel. 2017, 35 rockets were fired from Gaza into Israel. But in 2018, there have been 1,249 rockets fired from Gaza into Israel. And we're being told there's some sort of peace process that Israel has to find, work out with their neighbors. Benjamin Netanyahu said this, if the Arabs put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. If the Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. And that, my friend, is the facts on the ground. Let's find out now tonight as Christians why we must take a stand. Let's look here at the promise, the promise in the Word of God, the support of Scripture. Why is it as Christians that we believe the Jews have the right to live in the land of Israel? And furthermore, what does the Bible say is the cause for such conflict that we see in our modern world? Let's go to Genesis chapter 13, verse 15. This is God promising Abraham, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. God didn't tell Abraham that the land I'm giving you is a temporary land until Jesus comes. He says, the land I give to you and your descendants is forever. Genesis 17, God continues to promise Abraham, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant. It's not temporary, it never expires. To be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God gave Abraham an everlasting, unconditional land covenant. A land covenant, that that land located on the shores of the Mediterranean, between Europe, Africa and Asia, that is the promised land to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and that promises never ends. It's everlasting, unconditional, a land covenant to the Jewish people. Furthermore, it says in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35 and 36, "Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day. And the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from me, uh, departs from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. They'll put up on the screen in a moment, but it's Jeremiah 31, verse 35 through 36. God is saying as long as the universe continues to operate as it always has, the laws of gravity, the solar system, the thermonuclear laws, all the scientific fine-tuning points of the universe, as long as they never change, the nation of Israel will never cease to be a people before my eyes. In other words, the church, the Gentiles, never replaces Israel in the eyes of God. Israel always has a place in the eyes of God. When Jesus comes along and the new church is birthed, we're now a a spiritual Israel, but the natural descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are never replaced in the eyes of God. There are always a nation before them. Then Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11, it says this, that in, in that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time, to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He promised to bring them back to the promised land a second time. See, there was a first regathering of the Jewish people in the Old Testament. After they went into captivity into Babylon, 70 years later when persia was the major empire they went back to the promised land with ezra and nehemiah they rebuilt the temple they rebuilt the walls of jerusalem that was the first time that god regathered them only from the babylonian area of the world but isaiah says there would be a second time that god regathers the jewish people and not just only from the Babylonian empire of the world, but from Egypt, from Kush, that's North Africa, from the coastlands of the sea, the entire world, I will regather my people a second time. Then Amos chapter 9, verse 14 and 15, he says this to through to the prophet. Amos 9, verse 14 and 15, I will plant them on their land and they shall never be uprooted out of the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. In other words, I'm bringing them back a second time, and they'll never be uprooted again. After the first time, with Ezra and Nehemiah in the Old Testament, they were uprooted again in 70 AD. But there is a promise that God said a second time, never to be uprooted again. Here's a quick timeline for you. You see in 435 BC, that's when they came back the first time. 70 AD, they were uprooted once again, but that prophetic promise must come to pass. So in May of 1948, they returned the second time, and now they will never be uprooted again. We see right there in the headlines of 1948 that the state of Israel was born. May 14, 1948, once again, the reborn nation of Israel. And what a miracle it was. For 2,000 years, they were scattered among the nations, but all of a sudden, they were brought back together by the hand of God, and to this day, they remain in that place. And for more information so you can understand it, we hear today a lot about Palestine, Palestine. Well, in your New Testament, that's called Judea, land of the Jews, Judea. Well, then why is it called Palestine? Palestine. Because the Roman emperor Hadrian, in 135 AD, purposely to remove any historical claim of the Jewish people to the promised land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Hadrian the emperor renamed the territory Syria-Palestina. Syria-Palestina. To erase the historical claim of the Jews. And to this day, man, is that working. Because even the church is confused. I don't know, is it Palestine or is it Israel? Your Bible calls it Israel in the Old Testament, calls it Judea in the New Testament. I'm not sure what you're calling it. But if you're a biblical Christian, you called it Israel. But when they came home, the exiles, to their hope and prophetic promise, they were given the one and only Jewish state, and they danced in the street. Now, the Arabs had 22 other states in the Middle East, the Jews had one little state that they were given, and what happened to the Jewish state after they came together in 1948? All of a sudden, the Arab nations converged upon the Jewish state and attacked it. They were trying to wipe Israel off the map. It happened again in 1967 in the Six-Day War. happened again in 1973 in the Yom Kippur War, and it happens nearly almost every day through terrorism they're trying to remove the jews from the land but we have to ask ourselves questions why what is behind this animosity what is behind this this vision of removing the jews from the land my friend the word of god is very clear on what it is in ezekiel 36 ezekiel 36 it says when the people of israel were living in their own land they defiled it by their conduct and their actions now Here it is. This is the prophet being inspired by the Holy Spirit, looking at the Old Testament Jews. When you were living in the land in the Old Testament, you defiled it by your conduct and actions. Well, what conduct and actions caused ancient Israel to go into captivity? God said, so I poured my wrath upon them for the blood they had shed in the land for the idolatry with which they had defiled it. In other words, there was Molach, Baal, Ashtoreth, there was idolatry, there was false pagan worship, there was child sacrifice, and so therefore God removed them from the land. And then furthermore he says in Ezekiel, I scatter them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judge them according to their ways and their deeds. But he said, I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel have profaned among the nations where they went. God's getting serious right now through the prophet about ancient Israel. He said, you profane my name through idolatry, through the shedding of innocent blood. So I scattered you among the nations, but even among the nations, you were profaning my name. How? How were they profaning his name among the nations? There was no Baal or Molech or Ashtaroth. There was no idolatry. There was no shedding of innocent blood. How were they profaning his name? God said, when they came to the nations where they went, they profaned my holy name. How, God, how are they profaning your holy name? Because it was said of them, these are the people of the Lord, yet they are not living in his land. God's holy name is profaned when the Jews are not living in that promised land. God wants to vindicate the holiness of his name by regathering the Jewish people to the land of Israel, never to be uprooted again. That's what he says. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. God doesn't want his name to be disgraced any longer in the modern world. He wants to vindicate once again his name among the nations. And how does God choose to do that? According to the prophet, it is to regather his people from the land uh, to the land. Thus says the Lord God: it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name's sake, I will take you from the nations gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land then the gentiles will know that i am the lord declares the lord god when i prove myself holy among you in their sight why did god bring the jews back to the land of israel in 1948 for the holiness of his name to vindicate his name among the nations why Because the holiness of God's name is attached to a promise, a people, and a property. A promise, a people, and a property. God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the land of Israel as an everlasting possession. So the holiness of God's name is on trial, God said, when the Jews are not living in the land. The nations of the earth, my friend, they want to desecrate, defile, and dishonor the name of God by removing the Jews from the land once again. Because God's holy name is attached to them living in that land. Think about it Isaiah went behind the veil in the Old Testament, and he's seen the angels cry out, Holy, holy, holy. John in Revelation seen behind the veil. In the New Testament, you see in the elders cry out, holy, holy, holy. Jesus taught us, his followers, Christians, in the Our Father prayer, pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. For 2,000 years, we as a church have been praying for the holiness of God's name in the earth. For eternity, the angels have been singing for the holiness of God's name in all the universe. And how does God say he will make his name holy? According to the scriptures, according to the Bible, it is regathering the nation of Israel from the ends of the earth and putting them back into that promised land. Where is the church? When the holiness of God's name is on trial, how can we be silent? How can we sit back and allow the promises of God to be assaulted in our modern world that he's fulfilling through the mouths of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Amos and others, and we sit back and allow his name to be desecrated, defiled, and dishonored by not standing for the nation of Israel? And why do we not stand? Because of propaganda. Propaganda, the false narrative. There's a false narrative out there right now. You don't even realize it. It's all over the United Nations, all over universities, even in some liberal churches. The propaganda that the Jewish people have no historical right to the land of Israel. In other words, David was never a king in Jerusalem because the Jews never lived in Jerusalem, according to the United Nations and other organizations. Solomon never built a temple in Jerusalem. It never existed. The Jews never went into exile into Babylon. They never returned and rebuilt the temple in the days of Ezra. Therefore, Jesus never taught in the temple. Therefore, Jesus never cleansed the temple. Therefore, Jesus never prophesied the destruction of the temple. Therefore, your Bible is false. Therefore, Christians were all believing a lie, according to the United Nations, universities, and other liberal anti Israel churches. They even say Jesus wasn't Jewish. I have, there's videotapes, I've seen them. They actually say that. My friend, not only is the holiness of God's name being assaulted, but so is the authority and the infallibility and the inerrancy of Scripture being assaulted. They're attacking the Bible. They're saying it's lies, and therefore the Jews, because they know, the Bible backs up the Jewish claim to the land. So they attack the authority of your Bible, my friend. And where is the Christian standing up when the universities and the United Nations and world governments are assaulting the holy word of God? Jesus was not Jewish, I mean, the the Jews never lived in the land. Don't change that slide. Jesus was not Jewish. The Jews never lived in the land. The temple never existed. Israel is a racist nation in occupying the land. On the screen is Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority. You know, he has a law among the Palestinians. No one is allowed to sell any land, any property, any house to any Jewish person in the land of Judea, which is now called the West Bank, politically, after 1948, your Bible calls it Judea. If you sell a house to a Jew to live in Judea, if you're a Palestinian, you go to jail under Palestinian authority. He has said, in any future Palestinian state, no Jews allowed. Then who has the racist nation? <laughs> in Israel, Arabs sit on, the, sit on the Supreme Court. In Israel, Arabs sit in the Knesset. That's their Senate. That's their Congress. In Israel, Arabs go to the same universities as Jews. They receive medical care, the same as Jews do. As a matter of fact, Syria and Israel technically are still at war with one another. But when Syria uses chemical weapons on their own people, they run to Israel, and Israel gives them medical care. Israel even did a brain surgery on the grandson of a Hamas leader, knowing that one day he will grow up and probably bomb us. But we have the technology to save his life. They did the operation and sent him back to the Gaza Strip to recover. That's not a racist nation. That's false propaganda. Watch this quick one minute video about what's happening here in America. You might be surprised if that's Berkeley, California for you. Shocking. But listen to what they're saying. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Not the river to the 1948 border. It's from the river to the Mediterranean Sea. No Jewish state at all. This conversation about borders and politics You don't know the real agenda. The real agenda is to wipe Israel off the map completely. It's not the size of Israel. It's the existence of Israel that makes the nation stumble. Why? Because the holiness of God's name is attached to the Jews living in that land. Whether that land is today's borders or the 48 borders, it doesn't matter in their eyes. The Jews are in the land, and that is God's holy name being vindicated. And therefore, they want to remove the Jews from the land. I say they. I mean universities, United Nations, many Christians, some Muslims, but not all. Many people want to remove the Jews from the land. Yet Alan Dershowitz has said this. We're able to see that slide the suffering of the Palestinians has largely been inflicted by themselves. They could have, they could have had a state with no occupation. They have accepted the Peel Commission report of 1938, the United Nations partition of 1947, the Camp David summit deal of 2000, or the Imad Omar offer of 2008. They rejected all these offers. Responding with violence and terrorism because doing so would have required them to accept Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people, something they are unwilling to do even today. Had the early Palestinian leadership, with the surrounding Arab states, not attacked Israel the moment it declared statehood, it would have a viable state with no refugees. Had Hamas used the resources it received, When Israel ended its occupation of the Gaza Strip in 2005 to build schools and hospitals instead of rocket launchers and terror tunnels, it could have been a Singapore on the sea instead of the poverty-stricken enclave the Palestinian leadership turned it into. Israeli Arabs have more rights than Arabs anywhere in the Muslim world. They vote freely. They have their own political parties, speak openly against the Israeli government and are beneficiaries of affirmative action in Israeli universities' Finally, the only legal right they lack is to turn Israel into another modern state governed by Sharia law instead of the nation state of Jewish people governed by freedom and secular democratic law. That's the truth, not the false propaganda. Let me show you a quick one-minute video of a former Arab Muslim who was trained and raised to hate the Jewish state, now at the United Nations, working for Kufi, calling out their blatant anti-Semitism at the UN. Watch this one-minute video of Kasim Hafiz. My name Hafiz. is Kasim Hafiz.
0: I was raised a radical Muslim and was taught to hate Jews in Israel from a young age. Hatred was so ingrained in my identity that in my early 20s, I decided that terrorism Murdering civilians who did not see the world as I did in order to advance my agenda was my calling. But then I learned the truth. I came to know that what I had been taught about Jews was wrong. I visited Israel and saw for myself that the media reports and international condemnations of the Jewish state were lies. Israel is a free and democratic state. Its citizens are accorded full human and civil rights. As this body recently displayed, by brazenly lying about Israel's actions in Gaza, hatred towards the Jewish state persists. It is fueled by a wave of anti-Semitism sweeping across Europe, the US and the Middle East. And elsewhere, this Council has repeatedly demonized Israel while ignoring Palestinian terror attacks and the real victims of human rights abuses across the globe. But make no mistake, those who foster anti-Semitism at the UN, at this Council, Who build their careers and foreign policy on a foundation of jew hatred will be judged harshly by history when you demonize the jewish state it is a reflection of your moral bankruptcy and nothing more i know this because i was just as wrong
1: that's a former arab muslim who now works for kufa kasim hafiz at the u.n human rights commission march of 2019. if an arab muslim can expose anti-semitism and stand up for israel why can't the church do it because of the past, the dark history of anti-Semitism in the body of Christ. My friend, let's be clear. Jesus said in John chapter four to the Samaritan woman, salvation is of the Jews. Jesus never denied being Jewish. In Revelation, he is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Not the Baptists, not the Pentecostals, not the Presbyterians. Even in Revelation, he still identifies as a Jew. When he was born, he was born king of the Jews. When he died on the cross, the sign said, Here is the king of the Jews. The Bible, my friend, was written by Jews. In the New Jerusalem, after the death and resurrection and second coming of Christ, in the New Jerusalem, the walls are inscribed with the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, 12 Jewish tribes. And then the names of the 12 Jewish apostles are its foundation. And yet there's so much anti-Semitism against Jews in the church. Arrhenius said this in AD 177, our church fathers. The Jews are disinherited from the grace of God. Tertullian said this in AD 200. Uh, he wrote a treatise against the Jews. Gregory of Nyssa in AD 34, another church father. Jews are a brood of vipers, haters of goodness. St. Jerome, who translated the Latin Vulgate. The Jews are serpents wearing the image of Judas, Their psalms and prayers are the braying of donkeys. Let me stop for just a moment. Let's bring some context here. The Jews. Let's say it in more detail. Peter, James, and John, and Jesus are serpents wearing the image of Judas. Their psalms and prayers are the braying of donkeys because they were Jews. John Chrysostom, the Bishop of Constantinople. The synagogue is not only a brothel and a theater. It is a den of robbers and a lodging for wild beasts. No Jew, no Jew means every Jew. So Peter, James, John, and Jesus, no Jew adores God. Peter, James, John, and Jesus are murderers possessed by the devil. Their debauchery and drunkenness gives them the manners of the pig. They kill and maim one another because they're Jews. Because because they're Jews. You You can't stereotype an entire people group. Martin Luther, they should be shown no mercy or kindness, afforded no legal protection. And these poisonous and venom worms who walled in the devil's feces, they should be drafted into forced labor or expelled for all time. We are at fault in not slaying them." Those words were used by Adolf Hitler to justify to the German Lutheran Church on why the Jews should be exterminated from Europe. But when we say Jews, we have to understand that's our Savior. That's his apostles. That's the early church. And when he comes back, he's coming back as a Jew, the lion the tribe of Judah. So I hope as Christians, we are very cautious on how we speak about the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Peter, James, and John, those that live among us, and those living in Israel. But we're making a difference in Kufi. We're changing the game. We're speaking up. And I want you to join us to be a voice for Israel in 2019 at our summit in July. Watch this quick two-minute video, and we're wrapping up.
2: It's great to be with you. What's amazing about Christians United for Israel is not just the power of your voice. It's also the importance of the cause you have dedicated your voice to. We live in a world in which terrorist groups and even some countries openly call for Israel's destruction. On many college campuses, the anti-Semitic BDS movement has become a trendy cause for students and professors who should know better. Standing up against this global pressure campaign on Israel and the Jewish people goes to the heart of our friendship and the heart of America. And the tip of the spear is Christians United for Israel. What you are doing is so important and may God bless you for it. Our demand for fairness for Israel is actually a demand for peace. That's what Christians United for Israel is all about. And I know that in the dangerous world we live in, It is absolutely critical for America to stand up and have the backs of our friends and to stand strong against those who would do us harm. When the reality of Israel's existence is accepted, both sides will become freed to achieve adorable peace. With your help, and believe me, your help is critical, America will continue to stand with Israel. May God bless each and every one of you. Thank you.
1: Now, what you've seen in that video was what the Kufi DC Summit it happens every single July in Washington DC. And you've ever been in that room where 5,000 people are waving the American-Israeli flags, being a voice for the people of Israel in the modern world, it is the most amazing atmosphere you can ever imagine. And we are offering a bus trip from Tom's River, New Jersey, down to D.C. and back again for only $199. I mean, that includes two nights in a hotel, your travel there and back again, your conference registration, and even a few meals. We need your voice in Washington, D.C. This is a critical year. Anti-Semitism is increasing dramatically on, on, on one side of the aisle right now. It is becoming so clear that they are blaming the Jewish state for everything. Even recently, just three days ago, there is a proposition written by a group of political leaders that said the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh in October, it is the fault of the Israeli government. That's American political leaders, my friend. Yes, three days ago in California. We need your voice this year in D.C. We are making this this offer possible to you at a very, very discounted rate. So tonight, I want you, when we leave here, there's a table outside to sign up. That that New Beginnings Church, that Bricktown Ocean County, New Beginnings, can be represented well down there in D.C. We can go to Senator Booker, Senator Menendez, Uh, um, congressman andy kim and speak with them about israel and and share with them our thoughts and our concerns for that nation you can be there with me and with thousands of other pro-israel christian advocates from around the country so tonight when you leave in about two minutes stop by the table 199 dollars sign up you won't regret it it'll be life-changing you'll impact that the nation and you'll impact the state of israel like never before but in closing here, if you're unable to make us, or if you can make, make it either way, we're gonna receive an offering for Kufi, an offering for Kufi. We're the largest pro-Israel group in the world. I do um, presentations and messages like this every single month. It costs the local church nothing. Our national director comes in, he speaks. People from Israel comes into New Jersey, they speak. It costs churches in New Jersey nothing. Kufi pays for it all. Everything you see on Facebook or through emails about Kufi, any event, it costs the local church nothing. Kufi pays for all of that. And how do we do that? Through the support, though, of local churches, through your support by receiving an offering tonight. So I want to encourage you, make out your check to New Beginnings Church. They will receive the offering, make one check out to Kufi. But we need you to stand behind Israel with your prayers. We need you in Washington, D.C., and we need you to support this ministry financially. It is making a difference. You've seen the videos. Six million members right now within 13 years. You've seen the major players from Vice President Pence to Benjamin Netanyahu acknowledging the powerful force that CUFI is. And here we are tonight, your opportunity to support this organization. So I want to encourage you tonight to take a stand for Israel, to be a voice for Israel, to have their back, and to be an advocate for Israel, no matter how much anti-Semitism increases in the world, we can count on you to be a voice for the Jewish people. Amen. While well, you're making out those offerings uh, for a minute, uh, ushers, can you just be ready to receive the offering? I'll pray over it, and then I will allow Miss Jennifer Carwell to come up and dismiss you for the evening. Father in heaven, we come to you in your son Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear this powerful message about the nation of Israel and the Jewish state. And I pray, Father God, that everyone here tonight would feel the urgency of this moment. They would feel the weight of this moment, Lord God, to stand for the Jewish state, to stand for the holiness of God's name being vindicated among the nations, to stand for the authority and the infallibility of Scripture in the modern world. So, Father, bless this offering and bless this local body. Bless Pastor Joe Sore for being a voice, and advocate of the nation of Israel for allowing Kufi this evening to speak to this congregation, for giving us an open door to present this message and to inspire, to educate the people of God on this issue. So, Father, put grace and favor upon this church and use it for your glory across New Jersey, and we pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word.